This is the Christian Life Center podcast. Here at CLC, we are messengers of hope, where we believe in taking God's message of hope everywhere we go to everyone we meet. From wherever you are, be encouraged by this week's message. All right, come on, put your hands together. Wow. Incredible. We had over a hundred in the production today, all different aspects, camera, behind the scenes, drama, music team, everything, choir. Come on, one more time, show your appreciation. For a few minutes before we leave, I just wanna share a few thoughts with you. I mean, the theme of the program was around the idea of homecoming. Now we all know that homecoming is this time where schools celebrate, alumni come back, uh, maybe to their high school, their college or university. Often it takes place around a, a football game. Now in my congregation, in this congregation, we're not talking about the, you know, the World Cup football, right? We're talking about probably the American football. It's a Friday night game. Uh, maybe there's a dance. How many ever went to a homecoming dance? Let me see your hand. Uh, I grew up Pentecostal. I wasn't allowed to go to dances. So just gonna tell you right then and there. I got to go to the football game, but I didn't get to go to the dances. And uh, there's a king and a queen, right? Uh, usually the student body will pick who the king and queen is. Were there any kings and queens uh, in our car? Oh, I see a hand up there. Oh, there's a couple of hands. I think Pastor Candy was a queen. Yeah, homecoming queen, I think so. Yeah, she said, no, she was Pentecostal as well. But it's a, it's a lot of excitement and that's what we saw. There's a, there's a celebration, there's reunions that take place. It's a, it's a time of a lot of festivities. Well, you know, when we look at the Christmas story, when Jesus came for the very first time, in many ways, it was, introdu- it was an introduction to what now we celebrate every year. Every year at this time, kind of like the homecoming, the reminder, we remind ourselves why Jesus came. In fact, I wanna share with you a scripture, it's on the screen. If you'll look here with me in Matthew 1, 23, it said, the virgin will be with child and will give birth to what? A son, and they will call him Emmanuel. And this is where we titled the program, God with us. Now, Emmanuel is not just a name or it's not just a title. It was really a description of who Jesus was and what was going to happen that Jesus was coming. God was going to be with us. In the book of Luke, Luke says it this way. In Luke chapter two, in verse eight, he says, that night there were shepherds. They were staying in the field. They were nearby. They were guarding the flocks of their sheep. But suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them and they were terrified. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid because I bring you good news that will bring what? Great joy 
to all the people. If you remember in our production, Val and her parents, they were so excited when she found out that she had gotten accepted into uh, GWU. There was an excitement. I love that little scene there. The dad, right? The dad has uh, a role there. And, and then she goes and she calls Mel before she falls into that deep sleep. It was a celebration, like a party, like, a, like, a, like an event that you go to Val's celebration is just a link back to really what we celebrate every year, and that is that Jesus came, God with us. It was great joy. It was joy for everyone, and we can celebrate that, amen? In fact, Dr. Powell uh, uh, in, the, in the drama came with good news at the very end that the school would not be merging. And that was kind of the, the highlight, right? Dr. Powell is that I've got good news. Well, the good news for you and I is that God came to be with us. He came to earth. In fact, in the book of, uh, in the book of John chapter 10, it says, Jesus says, I and the Father are one, which is such a powerful theological understanding. And sometimes at Christmas, we can just kind of brush by this thought, but that Jesus was saying, I and the Father are one. Now, if you go a couple verses later, John 10, verse 33, it says that the, those that were there, they tried to stone him. They were planning to stone Jesus because to them that was blasphemy where he was standing and Jesus was claiming to be a part of deity, to be God, to be an equal with God. Now, how is that possible? Equal with God in the same nature, in the same essence, in power, in glory, in being. Now, that was big news. That was, that was the moment where God was saying, I'm invading earth. And Jesus was claiming and making the claim that I and the Father are one. If you have your Bibles or your devices, turn with me. I wanna take a moment and I wanna look into the book of Philippians. Now, Philippians is one of the most powerful verses. Uh, it's one of the, uh, really, it's one of the greatest verses uh, that really helps us to understand uh, this idea of Christ coming to earth. Paul's the writer and Paul says this in, in uh, chapter two in verse five. He says, your attitude or your mindset should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being in the very nature of God, same mindset that we should have with Christ, that being in the very nature of God, if you go down to verse seven, he made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in the appearance of a man. So what was being said, what Paul is saying is he's helped us to understand that he was God and Jesus said, I and the Father are one to the point that they wanted to stone him. And now Paul is helping us to understand, not only did he take on this, uh, come out of the, the, the deity of the heavens as a part of the Godhead, but now he takes on a form of a man. He became, God became man. Paul says it this way, just listen and look on the screen. He says it this way, same writer, Paul, over in Colossians, Christ is the exact likeness of the unseen God. He existed before God and made, uh, uh, he, he existed before God made anything at all. And in fact, Christ himself 
is what? The creator. He's not like God. He is God who made everything in heaven and earth. Now, for a moment, I know that I, I went into some deep theology here, and it's very difficult to understand that, that God came to earth being fully God. He takes on and he's born as a baby. And that's what we celebrate at this time of year. He's born and he takes on the, the form of a man. And as he does, he's fully God. And now we see that he's fully human, 100% God. It wasn't a lesser God, but he's a part of the essence and the deity of God. But he takes on the form of man. Now, sometimes we think, well, because of who he was and he was God, that made it easier for him as a man. No, he took on 100% of the same nature that you and I have. He walked this earth like we walked this earth. And, and in the incarnation, when, when Jesus is born and he's born as a baby, he's born as a person just like you and me. Now, the power of this is to begin to understand why. Why was Jesus born? Why did God send him? And when we think about this and we look at it, we can ask these questions as, okay, how was Jesus like me? Well, the Bible says, first of all, he was born like you and I were born. Now, he didn't come like most kings would come and, and royalty would have their entrance. No, he came in a night as a baby and we know that he was born in a stable in Bethlehem. If you ever go with us to Israel, and I hope you will, if you ever go, we'll go to Bethlehem. We'll go to the place where they, 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 they believe that, that Jesus was born. And as you go there, you see that it's on a little hill. You, you see that there's really not much that was there. And this is how Jesus came and he was born. But not only did he come as a baby, but we see that he grew to be a man. In fact, the scripture said that he increased in wisdom that, that is in the principles and the knowledge and the, and the wisdom, not only of God, but the ways of man. He grew in stature from a baby to a man. He grew, he grew in favor. That means favor socially with those that were around. And then he grew with God. He, he grew spiritually. He grew in, in, in his makeup and in his being. Now, I don't know about you, but have you ever thought about what it would have been like to grow up with Jesus. Come on, think about that. I mean, never did anything wrong, got perfect scores on all of his tests. I mean, he probably was the teacher's pet, let's be honest, you know. Uh, you know, had all the right answers, but, but he grew, he developed from a baby to a man and he was tempted. That's the one that probably resonates with me the most. The Bible says in Hebrews four, that he was tempted just like you and I, and all the points that we are tempted, Paul says, or the writer of Hebrews says that, that he was tempted just like us, and yet he was without sin. So yes, fully God, but he takes on the form of a man and he, and he takes on human nature, and therefore he could have sinned, but he didn't sin. He had the ability to sin, but he chose not to. And that reminds me that I too can overcome. If he is tempted in all the same ways that I and you are tempted, he had the same pressure, same struggles, he goes through the same temptations and desires and drives and, and anxieties, the same temptations that we had, and yet he was without sin. 
You see, the reality for you and I is we too can overcome our temptation, the attack of the enemy. I mean, when we're scrutinized or, or made fun of, I mean, in our drama, Val was antagonized by the president's daughter, Shannon. How many times have, I mean, that Shannon, right? I mean, and Val is coming at her and, uh, you know, Val's trying to respond to Shannon's attack at her. Well, when we're tempted to retaliate, when we're tempted to fight back, when we're, when we're under pressure and guilt and shame, when we're under the weight of the world like Val would have been at that moment, we can be reminded that God is with us. And not only is he with us, but the Bible says that when we become Christ followers, now he is in us. There's a power and a strength and an anointing that helps us no matter what we will face. And can we just get an agreement that that is a wonderful biblical reality of being in Christ. But not only that, how is Jesus like you and I is he suffered like we did. He felt pain. He felt discouragement. He was tired and fatigued. He, he, he felt the, 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 the weight of grief and pain. He, he cried. We see the emotions that, that Jesus had throughout scriptures. And sometimes we disconnect from it. But how can he comfort you and I in our times of grieving? Is that he understands the pain of our grief. He understands the, the weight of our sorrow. In fact, uh, there was a moment in scripture where Jesus says, this sorrow is so great, it almost crushes me. Have you ever felt like that? Where you felt like the sorrow of what you're going through is about to crush you? Well, we've probably all been in those moments, those moments where we feel it. I mean, in our story, Professor Brown, you saw it in that moment right there where, where, where the reality that she may lose her job, that her department may be eliminated, the reality that I don't know if I can even pay our rent. We're barely making it right now. How many, don't have to admit it aloud, but it would say that's probably where I'm at right now as well. And that weight, that sorrow, the, the pain of those moments. Well, what I can tell you is Jesus came and he came because God sent him and he shows up and he's with us and he comes and, and when he comes to us, we can walk in the reality that he is our strength, that God loves us, that God is forgiving and that we too can be forgiving because of the forgiveness that we receive from the Lord. So my final thoughts, let me share with you three powerful reasons that we can celebrate every year, this homecoming theme, so to speak, the celebration. Christmas is a celebration of the love of God, of his love. The Bible says in John 3, 16, God so loved the world. He loved the world that he sent his only begotten son, his only son, so that everyone, now turn to your neighbor if you're with somebody right now in the building or at home and say that includes you. So that everyone who believes in him will not perish, will not be isolated, will not be cast out, but will have eternal life with God. You see, it's his love. It's his love that we can celebrate. The greatest celebration is that the love of God had a mission for his son. And Jesus came on mission and it was to die for our sins. If I go back to that passage in Philippians, we were reading Philippians chapter two, 
Paul would go on in verse eight to say that Christ humbled himself and became obedient to death, to death on a cross. Why did he do that? Was to demonstrate God's love to you and I, that he loves us so much. Christmas, if anything, over the next few weeks, remind ourselves over and over that Christmas is a celebration of the love of God, where God is saying, I love you. His nature is love, but not only that, is that there is a love that encompasses us when we learn to walk in him. Romans 5, 8 says it this way. In Romans chapter five, verse eight, Paul's the writer again. And Paul says, God showed his love to us. How? By sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. You see, his nature is one to love. And one of the greatest truths that you could learn, especially you could understand and receive at a, at a moment like this, in a production like this. And I know sometimes it's hard to shift from a production to a word for a moment, but the greatest truth that you and I could grab today is that God loves you and he wants to have a relationship with you. That he created you. He created you to love you and he has a divine purpose for you. You see, it was his plan. He took the initiative. His plan was to send his son because he wanted a family. He wanted you and I to be a part as his family, to be with him for all of eternity. And what I can tell you today is that you've been chosen by God. You've been chosen by God and God loves you and God wants you to learn to begin to love him in return. It's a celebration and it's a reminder of the purpose of Christ. Every year we get a chance as believers because it's the bedrock of our faith. We can't just gloss over it. We can't just stroke it superficially. We've got to remember that the bedrock and the core of our faith is that God sent his son and it was for a purpose. And that purpose was to bring salvation to you and I. You see, our sin, our rebellion from God doing our own thing, rejecting God, going our way. And by the way, just knowing about God is not enough. We've got to surrender to God. Not only do we have to know he loves us, but now it's, a, it's, a, it's something within that says, God, I want to learn to love you in return. And when we begin to understand that he had that purpose and that purpose was to save you and I, it was to bring peace with God. It was to enable us to see that no longer are we alienated from a, a perfect God because of our sinful nature. But when we're in Christ, when we choose to be followers of Christ, when we make a declaration of our faith to Christ, when we say, God, I know that you love me and I wanna to learn to walk in that love and I wanna learn how to love you in return. The moment we do that, our sin is removed and now we have the ability to walk in our faith and grow in our faith and keep our relationship with God strong and deepening and growing and refreshed time and time, week after week, day after day. And it comes from the core of our essence that says, God, I love you and I wanna serve you and I wanna give my life to you and when we do that it's a reminder of the purpose of God that Jesus came Matthew 121 says he came to save his people from their sins it was the only way 
that we could be with God. Sin would have separated us. One sin would have separated us. But God's grace, I needed a savior and you needed a savior. God with us, GWU, is that God came to pay the penalty for my sin. It wasn't the Jews, it wasn't the Greeks that sent him to that cross. It was my sin, it was your sin. And Jesus had a mission, he had a purpose. And that purpose was to save us. Just like Val in the story, you saw her purpose in the dream, a, a purpose began to develop and it was to save the school. Well, Jesus had a purpose. The purpose was to save you and I, to remove the sin that separated us and to give us peace with God and to have the peace of God. In fact, I love the way Peter says it in 1 Peter chapter 2 in verse 24, that Jesus carried our load. He carried our guilt. He carried our shame on his own body when he died on the cross. And when he died on the cross, our sin was finished. It was dealt with. And now we can live in Christ and walk in Christ and we can be called children of God. He took my penalty. He took your penalty. No more judgment. No more is there a condemnation against you. No longer do you have to live in guilt, shame, and condemnation. Now you can walk in victory, knowing that because of the mercy of God, Titus 3 says there's a mercy that saves you, a kindness and a goodness that God reaches down to you and he saves you. He takes you out of the miry pit. He lifts you out of your sin sin, guilt, shame, and condemnation, and he places you and I with him in heavenly places. GWU, God with us. GWU, GW, God with us. It's the gift of God's son. Paul said it this way in Ephesians 2. Ephesians 2 and verse 8, very, very popular verse. He says, Paul, same writer that I'm talking from, Paul says, for it is by grace that you've been saved. Through faith, not of anything that we can do in ourselves. No, it's the gift of God, not my works. It's a gift. So that no one can boast, for we are God's workmanship. He's working, he's creating, he's molding, creating us in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. So a celebration of the love of God, a celebration of the purpose of Christ, but most of all, Christmas is a declaration that Jesus is Lord. There's a difference that he's your savior and he's your Lord. Homecoming, one of, one of the, the great events of, the, of, a, of, a, of a school is that celebration. Well, for you and I, our homecoming is that Jesus has gone to prepare a place for us and one day he's coming back again. And in that, after the tribulation, he's going to be taking all of his children in fact, John, the revelator said in John, John 19, 11, that the heavens opened up. That's the homecoming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he's coming to take his children. He'll come in power. He'll come in glory. No longer is he the baby in Bethlehem, but now he is the king. He is the true homecoming king. 
and he's coming. He's coming for his queen, his bride. He's coming for you and I, and he's going to take us to be with him forever. When we make him our savior and we determine to follow him as our Lord, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. You know, I've been reading that passage to you out of Philippians. Let me finish. In verse nine, of Philippians 2, the same passage we've been studying. Paul says, therefore, God exalted him, Jesus, to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name and the name of Jesus at that name. What does it say? Every knee shall bow. In heaven and on earth and under the earth, those that are in the grave, every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord, he's Lord. Jesus Christ is Lord. Lord means that he's my master. Lord means he has all authority over my life. Lord means that I learn to walk in him, I'm obedient to him. Lord means that I have to know what my master desires. This will be a great celebration. We look forward to that day. We call it our blessed hope. There's a day that's coming. There's a day that we will celebrate. It will be like a homecoming we've never known before. A great celebration. I mean, at the end of our drama, Dr. Powell got up and Dr. Powell made the announcement that there would be no merger of the Christian school with the secular school, that their values would not uh, uh, be compromised. Well, we can make the, 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 the. <laughs> that probably would have been me early in the morning praying loud at night, you know with a roommate or the other way around in my home, but the declaration, the declaration that Jesus is Lord. He is Lord. He is Lord. He is Lord. To make him your Lord, you've got to acknowledge that he really is God. You got to acknowledge your need you got to recognize that he loves you. And celebration, here in this celebration at Christmas, is a celebration of the love of God. And you got to realize that God wants you to love him in return. The biggest thing I see many times as a pastor is I, pe I see people that know about God. They grew up around all of the Christmas programming, all of the special events, they, they, they know about it, but they haven't made a commitment to make him Lord. They haven't said, God, I know that you love me and I want to love you in return. You got to acknowledge that he really is God. You got to acknowledge your need for God, that you can't save yourself and that the sin that you and I have committed for all have sinned and all fall short, it must be confessed. And I've got to believe, secondly, that God is in control of everything. Everything is under his control. And I've got to know that God will forgive me, that I can have peace with God, 
His word tells me, the scripture shows it. Many that have gone before us and many around us have experienced the forgiveness of God. We saw it in our drama at the very end. Professor Brown, Professor Brown, there in that moment when she attacked Val and and said that she's got to compromise and just go along with whatever uh, the university has decided Professor Brown comes and asks for forgiveness. And that's a powerful moment. But for you and I, one of the most powerful moments is to realize that God will forgive us. That the sin, the sins of our past, the mistakes that we carry, the weight that, 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 that some of us live under with, the, with just the, the consequences of what we've done, that when you cry out to God, not only do you get peace with God, but now you have the peace of God because God will forgive you when you ask him to remove the sins of your life. But the third step, and this is where many do not get to, is to commit your life to Christ. What does that mean? Is that you yield to Christ's leadership, that you yield to his lordship, that you surrender to his will in his ways, that you learn to accept his purpose and you learn to walk in obedience to his word. In fact, the Bible says in Romans 10, that if we will confess this with our mouth, that Jesus is Lord, and we will believe it in our heart, believe what? That God raised him from the dead, and because of his sacrifice, I can be saved. If I will believe it, and confess it, I will be saved. The beautiful thing is whoever, whoever believes will be saved. Young, old, whatever our nationalities are, whatever our backgrounds are, no matter what we've done, whoever confesses and believes will be saved. My challenge to you today is to receive him as your savior and to confess him as your Lord. Can I hear an amen? Amen. I'd like to pray with you. If you'd bow your heads with me across the room, I wanna take a moment and just celebrate, celebrate the love of God. You see, Christmas is about a celebration of God's love that was demonstrated. The purpose of why Christ came so that we could declare him as Lord. Today, I ask you, are you walking with him? I didn't ask you if you know him, just about him, but are you walking with him? Is he Lord of your life? Have you yielded, surrendered, made a commitment to him? Maybe you're resisting, maybe you grew up in the church. For whatever reason, you're tuning in, you're here, maybe somehow in person or online. And the reality is you know, you know what's right. You're running from God. You're, you're rebelling against him. You're, you're, you're wanting to live your own way and do your own thing. And if you're really honest, you've not surrendered and yielded your life to him as Lord. Oh, you know theologically that he's savior. And somehow you cry out asking him to forgive you. But forgiveness is only released when we renounce our sin and we turn to God. When we turn away and we, we, we choose to follow. 
We say, God, I don't wanna be bound by it. I don't wanna be involved in it. Forgive me, God. God, my desire is to walk with you, to have peace with you, to live, God, according to your way, because in that is peace. And that peace is a peace that I can't even comprehend, especially as a believer living without. Today, God, I just pray for those that may be here that if they're honest, they would say, I know that God loves me in a theological way, but I really haven't committed to try to love him in return. I'm not where I should be. I may not even understand it all, but I sense something today is not right in my life. And that God, I want to get right. I wanna turn my life to you. I wanna walk with you. I wanna have peace with you. I wanna come to know you. I wanna grow in you. Today, the Bible says, is a day of salvation. Don't wait till tomorrow. Don't wait to try to clean it all up, get things all right. Commit and yield and surrender today. And when you do, the Holy Spirit begins to work. And as he begins to work in your life, day by day, week by week, your faith begins to grow. Your relationship with God gets stronger and stronger. And all of a sudden, those things that once held you back are no longer hurdles in your life. They're no longer pulling you down and hindering you because you'll be walking in victory. Today, I believe victory can be released to you. If you'd like to pray with me, if you would say, Pastor, I know, I know, I know, I know what you're saying is right and true. And I need to get some things right in my life. I'd like to pray with you. Heads are bowed across the room. So I wanna look across the room for the online audience. I can't see you uh, online, but for the in-person audience, I'm gonna look across the room. And if you would say, Pastor, I want you to pray with me. I wanna pray with you, Pastor. I wanna make a commitment, a fresh commitment, a new commitment, maybe for the very first time, a commitment. I wanna pray with you. Would you just slip your hand up? Just slip it up and then put it back down. That's all I'm asking you to do. So I know who I'm praying with today. God bless you in the balcony over on the side, yes. Across the floor, I see your hand, yes. God bless you, yes, ma'am. I see the teenagers here, I see the young adult. God bless you. I even see some of our, our younger ones. God bless you. Yes, sir, I see your hand. Online, I can't see it, but if you know that that's you, I want you to pray with me. If you raised your hand, I'm gonna have a word of prayer. And I just want you to pray. In fact, I'm gonna ask everybody in person to pray with me, just so that no one feels isolated or alone. It's not in, in the formula, it's in, it's in the depths of your heart. What you pray, let it be a prayer from your heart to God. I'm just prompting you, but let it be a moment of yielding and surrendering to the Lord. Say, Father God, everyone say it with me. Father God, I thank you for the gift of your son. I thank you that you came to be with us. 
to make a way for us to be with you for all of eternity. And today, I recognize your love and I recognize my need, my need for a savior because my sin condemns me, isolates me and separates me. But today I turn to you and I ask you to forgive me. Forgive me for all of my sin, for my rebellion, for going my own way, for doing my own thing. Forgive me. And today I make a confession that I need you in my life. I make a declaration that Jesus, you are Lord. And I'm asking you to be the Lord of my life. Come into my heart, change me, and make me new. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. If this ministry is making an impact in your life, why not help us make an impact on the lives of others by partnering with us today? You can give through our CLC app or at clcftl.org forward slash give. Thank you for listening and remember to subscribe for more inspiring messages like this. Now go and be messengers of hope.